corner on this list who's going to have that breakout season. We'll get to him. But Sean Wade's a guy who, again, much like Tyreek Smith, if we do this list in January of 2020, we may say, how do we not have him as a top 10 guy? We only have one offensive lineman on the list, and people are going to be surprised who it is, I think. Uh, we both only, you know, we did our list blind, and we didn't know, I didn't know who you were picking, you didn't know who I was picking. We only had one offensive lineman, um, Josh Myers. Uh, why is Josh Myers one of the, we have a number 10. Why is Josh Myers one of the top 10 players on this team, Bax? Well, first of all, it's, he plays the most critical position on the offensive line, which is the center, which tells you that he has to be the one making the calls, making sure everybody's lined up. But I think more importantly, this is a guy who we've felt has been ready to go for most of the last season. And at a position like the offensive line with a new starting quarterback behind you, you have to have a strong group up front. And he showed over the course of the spring that he's taking this job, like a bull, he's taking the bull by the horns here. And I think a lot of people would have thought that perhaps Thayer Munford would have been the pick if you're going to pick one offensive lineman being on the top 12 list for Ohio State. But I think Myers is absolutely critical to this year's team. I think he's a guy who is on the verge of having two very good years in a row as the starting center for Ohio State. He's going to put Ohio State back in the Remington discussion. And quite frankly, I think Josh Myers is on the verge of breaking out as one of the best offensive linemen in all of college football. And, again, people may be surprised now. And then after the end of the year, they're going to go, yeah, Josh Myers is absolutely a top 10 player. I think he's also, in terms of importance, he's more than top 10. He may be top five most important that he has a great year this year. But in terms of best players, I think 10 is probably a good spot to put him right now. And I will say there were three other offensive linemen that barely made, you know, that I strongly considered that, you know, barely missed the list. You know, obviously Thayer Munford, the one returning starter, um, he didn't grade out all that well, according to Pro Football Focus. I know some people on our site are not big Pro Football Focus fans, but tell you what, I mean, I, I see, I hear ESPN citing them all the time on their NFL stuff. Um, and, you know, Thayer Mumford, I think, he, he could prove to be definitely one of the top ten players on this team. Jonah Jackson's another guy that I consider the Rutgers transfer. And if Brandon Bowen can stay healthy, certainly he could be up there. So um, we'll look back. But I'm with you. I think Myers, uh, for those that don't know, you know, Ryan Day told us at the Rose Bowl, and they thought at that time that Michael Jordan was going to come back. That's the vibe that I got. They thought that Michael Jordan was leaning toward coming back. And Ryan Day told us all um, in the media, he was like, you know, the plan is for next year for Josh Myers. To, if He said, if Mike comes back. Mike's going to move back to guard, and Josh Myers is going to be the starting center. He, you know, the, light, the light really came on for him you know, during practice uh, 20, in 2018. So there you go with Josh Myers. Um, number nine on our list, a uh, guy I lobbied for a little more than you did, uh, just like you lobbied a little bit more for Myers than I did, but Austin Mack. Um, I think he's going to be one of these guys that we, we kind of think, you know, maybe, and I know he was hurt last year, so it's a little unfair to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, it's been a little bit of a disappointment just because he came in with such high accolades, but we've seen it so many times. And I'm not saying he's the same type of player as Devin Smith, but we see it all the time when somehow the light just goes on for a, a, a kid as a senior. And I thought the light was coming on for him last year back before that injury. And who knows how he would have finished the season. That Purdue game was like rock bottom. It was the only loss of the season, and they finished the season so well. I think Austin Mack really would have had a good finish to the season last year. So Austin Mack's a guy I lobbied for. I talked a lot about him there. Um, you know, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what you think of uh, Austin Mack. Well, yeah, I had a out of my top ten, which is how we combined to make our top 12 here because you were very high on Austin Mack. But that's not a knock on him from my point of view. I, I think he's an excellent player. And I think that Purdue game was just the absolute nadir of last season. Think about it if you're Austin Mack. You're from Indiana. You go to Ohio State. You're having a very good season with 
maybe the best quarterback in America throwing you the ball, and then you lose by three touchdowns in your home state and your season ends due to injury. Like, that has to be so frustrating for him. But he's a guy who, you nailed it, he has shown flashes of being a great all-around receiver, right? Uh, you know, he's, he's shown flashes of being consistently that guy who is going to be open and make the critical catch. And when you look at this year's receiving group, there's one other guy who's a little higher on this list that we both thought was a no-brainer. But after that, you've got, what, Chris Olave, you've got Ben Victor, you've got guys who are younger or aren't as consistent, right? You've got Garrett Wilson, you know, you've got some good young players. Austin Mack is a critical player for Ohio State because if Ryan Day is still going to follow the philosophy of you want to be able to play at least six receivers, then you have to have a couple of the big-time guys to rely on. Well, then Austin Mack has to be a, quote, big-time guy, especially with the losses at the position. So there's a lot of opportunity here. And, again, Austin Mack can be one of those breakout guys where we know he's very good, and he develops a bit of a rapport with Justin Fields, who, spoiler alert, is certainly on this list. And Mack could go out and have a very strong year just because of the change at the position and the more playing time available. He certainly has the ability to. Quit giving spoilers. I wanted people to think maybe we left Justin Fields off the list. No more spoilers. And by the way, uh, I'm going to you know, take everybody behind the curtain here. If uh, you know Joshua Perry's favorite song um, is Return of the Mac, and that's why we lead off the Joshua Perry song with the, the 90s track Return of the Mac, and it is. It's a good tune. And how many times are we going to hear if Boston Mac has a good year this year, especially with him coming off the injury, Return of the Mac? Um, you know, Jay Perry will like that. All right, next on our list, our top eight were, were so similar, it was crazy. Um, all right, number eight on the list, B.B. Landers. I mean, this D-line is so loaded. I love B.B. Landers. I don't know how he's going to play in the NFL. Um, and we left Devon, ha- Devon Hamilton off, but that was another tough one to leave off. Uh, he's a guy that might translate better to the NFL, and I think Devon Hamilton's going to be really, really, really good. He barely missed this list, but B.B. Landers, man, I think is going to be really good as a fifth-year senior. He was banged up for pretty much all of last year and just fought through it, missed a couple games. Um, he's just a bull in there, man. His, his, you know, his, that low center of gravity, and he always gets such good push. He's so quick, kind of like a Geno Atkins type player, you know, from the for the Bengals. I'm not saying he's that good, but um, I, I really like B.B. Landers there at number eight backs. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the comparison you made was Geno and Atkins from the Bengals. That's a good one. I'll give you another college comparison. Nick Fairley when he was at Auburn. There's another player that B.B. Landers reminds me of. And I, I, I think Landers is just – he's so quick off the ball. And he's the leader of this defensive tackle group, the crushed men, you know. I, I just – I think B.B. Landers could have easily been higher, frankly. Uh, I think he always is going to get slightly – I don't want to say forgotten or, or maybe not given as much credit just because he doesn't have a six foot three, 320-pound frame at the position he plays. But he is absolutely this year's disruptor in the middle. Uh, the role that we saw Draymond Jones last year of being always in the backfield could easily be B.B. Landers this year. And, you know, from a NFL point of view, look, we're not picking the top 10 NFL prospects on OSU's roster. We're picking the top, well, 12, because you know how we always go longer than we should. Uh, we're picking the top 12 guys on next year's OSU team. And B.B. Landers, without a shadow of a doubt, is on that list. Uh, he's a guy who I also think, and this is a whole different show topic, He's such a critical player and such a well-respected player. He could be a captain next year. 
just it's amazing thinking about some of the players that didn't make this list that I think are going to have huge seasons. Like Tommy Togi is another guy. He's the strongest guy on the team. He's the yeah. I think he'll be the number. I think he'll be the the first D tackle off the bench, so to speak. Although they're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to rotate in there. Haskell Garrett, you know, obviously Teron Vincent's going to rotate in there. You know, I thought Antoine Jackson had a solid spring, but right now he's a third teamer. I mean, that's just how loaded they are. Um, but I, Tommy Togi is another guy that's not on this list, but I think it's going to have a big year. Um, all right, next guy on the list. Love this guy. He really came out at the end of last year. I think he's going to flourish as a senior. Outside linebacker Malik Harrison, number seven on our list, backs. Yeah, and Harrison's a guy I strongly consider putting a lot higher because, let's face it, what's going to happen when he's actually getting good coaching at the position for a year? You know, there's, there's, there's a, a guy who was thriving in a situation where literally no other linebacker thrived last year. And it, he's one of those guys who, you know, we mentioned Josh Perry. He could have a Josh Perry kind of year this year. Uh, I honestly think that Harrison is going to be one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten, if not the country. And, you know, this is a guy who easily could be – if we do this list at the end of the year, we may easily turn around and go, well, we had him easily the worst compared to what he actually finished on the list because I think you're going to see a quantum leap defensively. And I think that you're going to see the linebackers play at such a higher level that the improvement of everyone around him is going to make Malik Harrison just look that much better because then he's only going to have to do his job. And he's a guy who already can do his job alone very well. This is the best line in the football team. Number six on our list, the aforementioned quarterback Justin Fields, before he has ever thrown a pass for the Buckeyes, we're putting him as the sixth best player on the team. The hype train is already out of control, and we're the conductors. What do you think, Bex? Well, you know, I, I don't know how you don't put him on the list. And you could easily justify putting him at 10. You could easily justify putting him at 1. And if we were doing this list of saying the most important Buckeye this year, there's no question it would be Justin Fields. Because if Justin Fields doesn't develop the way we all think he's going to, then it could hurt the season. He's the one who's going to be directly responsible for whether this is a 9-win team or a 12-win team. And, look, this guy has the physical abilities. That's never been a question. This is a guy who was closely compared to Trevor Lawrence coming out of school. And this is a guy who's going to be trained and taught by Ryan Day for the better part of a year before he steps on the field. So you know he's going to be well-prepared to be the most successful quarterback possible. I think at the end of the day, we both think, and I don't want to speak for you, but we think we both think he's going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten over the course of the season. And, look, if he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten with a bullet, then this is going to seem too low. But, you know, this is the guy who could have easily been the most uh, mobile on this list for sure. I do think Adrian Martinez is going to be right up there. I, I really do, um, especially playing in that Scott Frost offense. I mean, although Justin Fields gets to play in the Ryan Day offense, Mike Gersuch offense, Kevin, quote-unquote, Ron Wilson offense. Um, so, yeah, I like Justin Fields a lot, but we'll see. I might, If I had to bet, I think Adrian Martinez is going to end up putting up the better year, but we shall see. Having that year of experience is really going to help Martinez. I really like him. But I like Fields a lot, too. I think my – and having this, I really like this receiving core, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on a different day. Number five on our <laughs> list, this is a guy that I'm a little higher on than you are, but I am not. I, he, he's got to play a lot better than he did last year. J.K. Dobbins running back. We have him number five on the list. Again, I'm a little higher on him than you are. We averaged that out. I think you had him sixth and I had him fourth. So we, he is fifth on the list. J.K. Dobbins backs. Yeah, not a knock on J.K. Dobbins, but we saw at times last year he had difficulty getting – quote, hard yards, right? Nobody questioned his agility or his speed or his, his ability to produce. He's a great running back. 
but he's the lightning and he needs some thunder opposite him. And, you know, we saw at times last year, remember when the running game wasn't going well, Mike Weber was a little hobbled or having trouble holding onto the ball before his run down the last couple of games where he was just exceptional. I'd argue at the end of the year, Mike Weber was the better of the two running backs. So Dobbins still has something to prove. Uh, we all knew from the moment he got to campus what his abilities were and the things that he does well, he does really well. But if you're going to rely on him to take three quarters of the snaps, then there's certain things he's got to improve on this offseason. So that's why I had him a little lower than you. But there's still no question that J.K. Dobbins is one of the biggest threats in college football with the ball in his hands. So, you know, this is a guy who's critical for OSU this year to be able to show that he can run inside the tackles and not just be able to juke people, get to the outside. And by the way, he's one of the best pass-catching tailbacks in the country. So this is a great player who, if he can take that next step, is going to really be able to push this OSU offense forward, especially with a young quarterback like Fields still getting his feet wet. Pretty cool stat here. If J.K. Dobbins rushes for 1,000 yards or more this year, which he will if he stays healthy, spoiler alert, he will join someone named Archie Griffin as the only running back or any player in Ohio State history to rush for 1,000 yards or more in three separate seasons. So he will join Archie Griffin. Pretty good company there. All right, number four on our list is safety Jordan Fuller. Uh, it's great having him back. He's an excellent player, and he's a returning captain. I mean, it's, that's a nice luxury to have a returning captain, a two-year captain coming back. So, I mean, they have another returning captain in Tuff Borland who's not on this list, but does, is clearly a, an excellent leader. Jordan Fuller, number four on our list, Mr. Baxendale. Yeah, I, I was super excited he came back because even though he didn't quite have the year I think he would have expected last year, I still thought for sure he was gone. I figured he was a top three-round pick. Uh, so his grade must have came back a little lower than he hoped for. And to me, this is a gift for this OSU defense that's working on improving after a bad year last year. This is an NFL safety on the team. This is a guy who maybe wouldn't start on an NFL roster this year, but could have the ability to do so in the not-so-distant future had he gone out this year. He was probably a mid-round pick. So Jordan Fuller is, he's a, I would argue, one of the top five safeties in America. And we have him fourth on this list. So that tells you how loaded the top group here is that he's not even the top defensive back. But I think he's a very good player. He's obviously going to be a captain again. His leadership is certainly something we can't overlook when you have a team that's trying to make such a quantum change from last year. But Jordan Fuller is just flat out a great football player, and Ohio State's extremely lucky to have him back this year. Number three on the list, corner, Jeffrey Okuda. My gosh, did he play great in the Rose Bowl, and just – he just the light just came on for him. I don't want to say the light came on. Even as a true freshman, he played really well. He played um, during the Urban Meyer era. He played more uh, snaps than any other true freshman corner. And they've had a lot of <laughs> spoiler. Uh, they had a lot of good. Uh, this isn't even a spoiler. Going back, they had a lot of good corners. A lot of good first round corners coming through there, like Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, Eli Apple, Gary on Conley, and the one that played the most as a true freshman uh, was Jeffrey Okuda. And then he continued to, you know, he became a starter last year, played really well. I think he's going to have a tremendous year as a junior. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick. He's going to leave after this season. Jeffrey Okuda, number three on our list, backs. Yeah, you just said pretty much everything I was going to say. This guy, the last <laughs> couple games, the way he played, the last couple games, the way he played, he was already good enough that we would have had him in the top ten. He, he, he took another step. And this is a guy who is going to be the next first-round corner from Ohio State. He's the guy who uh, – you, you just mentioned all these other cornerbacks. 
who have taken that step for OSU during the Meyer era. He's going to be the man at corner, and he's going to be the guy that we're going to start thanking teams for throwing the ball at. I vividly remember with Denzel Ward a couple of years ago, we were like, oh, those guys threw it at Ward again. Thank you. That's, that, that helps us. Okuda's going to be that guy this year. He, he's, he's an absolute elite cover corner, and like, I, like you said, I don't think he's here after this year. I think he's a surefire first-round pick in next year's draft. Yep, and I won't be surprised if he ends up being like a top ten pick. He's got the size, he's got the speed. He just, he, you know, he's got that dog in him. He's got everything you're, you want in a corner. I think he's gonna have a huge year. Number two on our list, another guy that I'm just like Jordan Fuller. I'm three, came back and then, yeah, I was a little bit, you know, pleasantly surprised that he came back. Wide receiver KJ Hill. Not that I thought he'd be a top pick. I thought he'd be a third day pick, meaning rounds four through seven, and probably closer to seven than four. But some guys are just done with school, and I thought as a fourth-year junior, he might just be done. This is huge getting him back as a fifth-year senior. He's a guy, if he stays healthy, he's going to blow past David Boston's school record for career receptions. David Boston has you know, 191. K.J. Hill's sitting there like 155, and you know, he's going to blow past that. Now, Boston only played three years where Hill's going to you know, play four years. But, man, best hands on the team, K.J. Hill number two on our list. Yeah, and K.J. Hill – I think somebody pointed out to him, hey, look what Jalen Marshall's doing right now. How do you think it went for Jalen Marshall when he was projected to be a third-day pick, didn't get picked at all, made a little bit of an impact in the league, but there wasn't the whole pressure of keeping him in because he was a pick that he had to look good with. And now he bounced around the AAF and isn't even in the league anymore. Another year for Jalen Marshall at OSU when he left early probably would have helped him a lot at the next level. I think K.J. Hill wanted to go. I really think he did. I don't think K.J. Hill wanted to come back. But I think K.J. Hill looked at the reality of it and said, man, if I can improve X, Y, Z the next year and make myself a top three pick, you know, get me into the third round or something, right, then he's going to be in a spot where his career will set him up to be a more impactful player. And that's a, just a blessing for OSU because this guy is insanely good. His, he, I mean, we all know the catch he had last year. His celebration was trying to shake the ball off his hand like it was glued, right? And – this is, this is one of the best receivers in college football. Whatever you think about his NFL prospects, it's kind of like B.B. Landers. It doesn't really matter for this discussion because in the terms of a college football receiver, K.J. Hill is as good as it gets practically. You know, he's not six foot five when, you know, runs a 4-3-40, but the guy is always going to catch the ball. I think he's going to be a favorite for fields to look at right away. K.J. Hill is – you know, we're just so lucky again to have him back uh, that this is a guy who I think is going to easily be one of the critical leaders on this year's team, not just because of, of the fact that he's a veteran, but just because of how darn good he is. Number one with a bullet on our list, a silver bullet, defensive end Chase Young. I mean, I think we're going to be talking about him as a top five pick in next year's draft. And, you know, uh, hopefully he's locked in and doesn't, isn't making business decisions this year because if he – and he doesn't seem like – he seems like he wants to – you know, talking to him in spring, Chase Young seems like, you know, he he has a desire to dominate uh, college football this year. And um, if he wants to, he will. He is that good, and he keeps getting better and better. And now he's going to get more and more snaps. Even though they're loaded there at defensive end, you know, he's going to get a lot more chances this year. Um, Chase Young uh, on a team loaded with talent, number one on our list, Bax. Well, yeah, you can't keep the Predator off the field, let's be honest. Um, I, don't, I think we're all a little worried about the business decision thing just because of what happened to Nick Bosa last year. And let's be honest, folks, that's a circumstances thing. Nick Bosa was maybe even more obvious of a top five 
pick at this point in time last year than Chase Young is this year, but it's not that big of a difference. The difference is is that Nick Bosa had that injury that was nagging at him even before he got hurt and suffered a clear season-ending injury. So, you know, in the end, I, I know we all would have loved to have had Nick Bosa back for the Michigan game or whatever, but it just didn't happen. Look, the guy went out on the, the draft stage with OSU inside of his coat. So let's not be ups- that upset with Nick Bosa, and let's not project that concern onto Chase Young. I think Chase Young recognizes last year he sort of got thrown into the role as number one guy, had a great year. Um, but this is his year where everybody's going to be talking about Chase Young. It's not going to be like, oh, look, Chase Young's a really good young player. It's Chase Young's one of the best players in America. And I, I agree with you. I think he's a top five NFL pick next year. And next year's draft isn't going to be like this year's draft where it seemed like it was all defensive ends that were coming out and you could have picked one of six of them and you'd be in really good shape. You know, Chase Young's got a guy who's going to position himself to be the top non-cornerback pick next year. Because the first pick's always a quarterback, right? So uh, I think he's the best defensive player in the Big Ten, maybe the country. He's a player who is, hey, guess what? He's going to face a bunch of double teams this year. But he's already shown he can beat them last year. There were times last year where he made critical plays. Let's not forget the Penn State game, right? So, you know, this is this is the best player on the football team. I don't think anybody debates that right now. Uh, you know, you, you have potential for other guys to come up to his level, but right now he's number one, and he's number one with a silver bullet. Wow. All right, we can take a, a breath now and come up for air. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Uh, again, you know, give us your uh, comments, agree or disagree. Uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of disagreements, and that's fine. Uh, this is a, was a fun exercise, a lot of fun on the show here. Thank you very much to the people's champ, Matt Baxendale, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.